stay hungry, stay foolish. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. I have a dream. We one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Hey there, listener. Thanks for stopping by. Before we get the podcast started today, I just wanted to tell you about my Patreon. If you're interested in supporting the podcast and donating some money, all you got to do is go to patreon.com forward slash K-I-P-P-O-D. And there's three separate tiers there where you can get exclusive content, ad-free content, and you can even suggest questions for me to ask future guests on the podcast. So guys, make sure to check out my Patreon. Also, make sure to share this podcast on your social media accounts, link it to Spotify, review it on Apple. I would very much appreciate that. So thanks, guys, and enjoy the episode. There we go. (laughs) All right. So, all right, let's get... You guys ready? Sure. Ready. All right. So, hello and welcome to the knowledge is power podcast i'm your host max willett and today i have another great episode this is the second episode with two guests today we have a real estate extravaganza is what i'm going to title it right sounds like a good name so we have two wonderful realtors here in the state of rhode island and if you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourself i am jen bovey i am the broker owner for the kellowins coastal company in rhode island and I am Ken Monroe with the Monroe Real Estate Group, partnered with Calla Williams in Wakefield, Rhode Island. So I'm just going to ask you guys straight up, who's a better realtor? Out of the two? Ken, Ken Monroe. <laughs> Jen Bowie. No. <laughs> um, so, and Jen is my cousin, awesome cousin, great cook, um, makes awesome cookies. Oh, I thought it was your daughter that was the great cook. Yeah, well, she might be better. Over, yeah. Yeah, she, yeah, she's, yeah, yeah. yeah so, um, and of course, both you guys are wonderful realtors. I haven't bought a house from you yet, but yet, hopefully in the future. In yeah. Yes. I don't know who I can buy it, who I'm going to buy it from, but. As long as it's one of us, yeah. you're good. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so why don't we just start off by uh, talking about how long you guys have been in real estate for. Sure. So I'll, I'll start. Uh, this is my 20th year. I got my real estate license in 2001. And uh, Max was a baby, yeah, and I remember it fondly. Yep. Um, and yeah, so 20 years. Uh, I've been in the real estate business my entire life because I was born into it. My dad was um, the owner of Monroe Realtors, uh, but I have been selling real estate since 93, so I am much older than Jen. <laughs> Um, so, well, I guess that kind of ties into my next question is what made you get into real estate? So obviously your family was in it, but what made you want to get into real estate? Yeah, you probably don't know this, but Grandma Rosie's father was in real estate and she had told me that my entire life. And (laughs) um, I'll be honest with you, when uh, my parents were selling their house in North Kingstown, when I think was about 12 years old, the realtor came over and it was uh, Paula Pinelli. Okay. You know Paul, do you know Paula? She's mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, Paula showed up to our house to list it, and she drove up in a amazing Mercedes vehicle. And I said to my mom, I want to be a real estate agent. No idea what that meant, um, but that was kind of. Kind That's of pretty cool. My, my grandmother tells me how she was a real estate agent. She was for a short time. Yeah, yes. for a short time. Yep. 
but I don't really know what she's talking about. So it's just I do. Of, she told okay. me the story as many times. Okay. So I don't know. I'd be I'd love to understand it because she tells me that she was in it, but I don't really. She said she's tried to sell like one house. So she, when she, my aunt Eileen yeah, got into it, grandma, she yeah. was, um, she just got into it, got her license, and then mm-hmm. she found out she was pregnant. Oh, uh, so okay. So she, she was only in it for a short period of time before she could dive in mm. uh, to where she ended up um, getting out of the business. But she did. She, she loved it. She loved every minute of it. She mm-hmm. toured homes and. I think she sold a house or two. Yeah, she'd be good. I feel like she'd be good at it. She would have. Yeah. She she definitely has has a personality for it. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, the fourth question uh, for both you guys. So what do you guys attribute to your success as a realtor? Both of you guys are very successful. Been around for a long time in, in realty. So there's never a simple answer to that question from yep. my perspective. Um, and one thing with real estate and being successful is you need to be multifaceted. Um, you have to have good people skills and communication skills. You have to have good connections. You have to understand a, be an ex, a semi-expert in a lot of fields. And if you can do that well and provide a service, you will be successful. And if they refer you, that means they liked you and you did a good job for them. Uh, that's a trickle-down effect. And that mm-hmm. certainly has been, in my opinion, the key to my success. Um, so I think that's very important that you be multifaceted. You can't, it's not all about HGTV and how pretty a house is. Um, at the end of the day, it's really not even about the house or property. It's about the transaction and the communication between buyers, sellers, mortgage companies, attorneys, and home inspectors, etc., and doing all of those type of things and keeping it all from A to Z. That, um, if you can do that well, you can become a good realtor. Yeah, everything that he said, and you have to be okay failing forward. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of failure in success, and uh, learning real estate has been one of those things where um, sometimes you might not do it perfectly one time, but you learn for the next experience, and you build on it, and it's all about what Ken said. It's about the relationship with your clients, and it, it's, a, it's their life, right? They're Absolutely. buying a property that they're going to be living in for quite some time and making memories. So mm-hmm. keeping that top of mind as well, I think, helps. Yeah, when I, when I, I don't know, but did Matt tell you that I took the real estate course? No. He didn't? No. Oh, I went golfing with him, and I did. I took uh, the real estate class, and I have, and I'm taking the test on the 20, on the the day, the Monday before Thanksgiving. Oh, very cool. Yes. So I thought he would have Max told you that. Max wants to conquer the world. Yes. As an entrepreneur. <laughs> yes. And uh, he will. Yeah. Well, I don't no know doubt. about, I'll try, but, um. Denise um, Mancini, right, mm-hmm. was a, is a teacher of the class, and she had emphasized that, um, you know, these are people's biggest investment they'll ever make in their lives, and that's something to really take note of. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, it's a very interesting class. Um, yeah. And that's why, Max, it's very important that anyone out there hires and uses a good realtor because it is – Mm-hmm. A big deal. It is the usually the most expensive, big, biggest asset a person has, um, and that's why I think it's very important to select a good realtor to work on your behalf. Yeah, definitely. Um, so obviously, you guys sell a lot of houses every year, um, and but what kind of goals do you guys set for yourselves? At like, you know, it's January first. Like, what are we going to do for this year? 
So I'm a little different. So I actually don't list and sell properties anymore oh. since um, since becoming the broker owner of the Market Center. And actually, well before that, I had my sales team starting in 2001. I well, it was just myself. And then in 2004, I formed a team. Uh, yet coming to Keller Williams and going from team leader to broker owner, um, my business wasn't the prime focus. It was building the brokerage and helping okay. the associates build their businesses. So. Um, I'm um, involved in probably 1,500 or so transactions a year, <laughs> not more. Yet I, you know, I'm not out there listing and selling on a day-to-day -day basis. That is definitely that's something tense. more that I do. Yes, mm -hmm. uh, and and in my business, what I do that's a little different than most is I also have a um, a rental division. So I do a lot of selling, and I have a small team that I assist with, and then I also have a rental manager and we handle rentals in the South County area, which encompasses three types of rentals, year-round rentals, which we can either manage or find someone for. We also handle academic nine-month winter rentals, usually for students and professors, but not always. Sometimes it's other short-term. And then weekly rentals in the summer in the beautiful South Coast, which the secret is definitely out. Um, oh, yeah, it is. It's very popular now to rent a house in South County for mm -hmm. a week in the summer. Oh, and okay. I highly recommend it. Oh, great. Yeah, I do know I have a couple of friends that go to URI that rent in Narragansett, and they, I feel bad for the people that own those houses. <laughs> um, oh, you shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's no. a great investment. Yeah. Well, I mean, just in terms of having to pay the cleaning lady or whoever cleans it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess this question is for Ken then. So how many houses at a time do you list? Well, it all depends. So yeah. right now, I uh, I want to say I have about three listings, but right now the days on market are very. So if I put something on the market, it's usually my goal to have that in agreement in a week. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a marketing plan that's been very successful with doing that, and the only time that really doesn't happen is with certain outlier pro pro uh, properties. Um, and an outlier property would be something that maybe there's not a huge demand for. Um, but for the most part, main single-family homes, multifamily homes are in high demand, and they go quickly. So my inventory doesn't last, but if I put a house on the market and my owners and I are on the same page with listing price and marketing strategy, um, for the past two years, it is a very small process where I, I just don't have them on the market for very long. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. So. That so um, I guess I want to ask, I want to skip forward a couple of questions. So sure. obviously COVID happened. Um, <laughs> so, and it affected the industry. Um, and I'm curious to get, hear your takes on if it affected it in a positive way or a negative way. Because obviously you talked about the houses not being on the market for very long and, and a lot of them being sold, mm -hmm. but then the inventory isn't as high, correct? Correct. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I have a very long answer for that, so I'll okay. let Jen go first, and then yeah. I can I can answer it from my perspective. Okay. Great. Yeah. So, um, so I follow this quite a bit because um, because I work with Gary Keller, who is the, the co-founder of Keller Williams. Uh, we look at his stats and his information on what he talks about all the time, and he really pulled the information on what happened during COVID, pre-COVID, during COVID, and now. And um, the market was already strong before COVID, and then mm -hmm. there was that three month like. Kind of like 2008 when, <laughs> or seven when like everything like went yes. stop. Um, and, and there was a pause for the three months. And then it was 
okay, what's next? And for Rhode Island, particularly the Rhode Island market, what I would say is the clients coming in from New York and Boston and the cities that wanted to, they, they always vacationed here, so they knew the area, you know this, mm-hmm. they knew the area, so it was easy for them to say, I'm relocating. Now that I know that I could do this remotely, I think that, I mean, all obviously nationwide the market is is bonkers, <laughs> bananas, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Yet I think for us locally, what what really drove up the lack of inventory and the demand was the city closing down basically, and then all kind of filtering here. What do you think? Absolutely, people can work from from Narragansett Town Beach right. um, as long as they have an internet access. They could work, and in many cases, they had to. The cities closed down. Right. Um, so one of the first examples I had of COVID was I had a $250,000 property to put on the market. It was very hard during COVID to do it, but what the per- the person was doing was selling that and buying one of the properties that I had managed. She was a previous tenant, wanted to buy it, so I was facilitating it, but she had to sell her house first. Well, when COVID hit, we didn't know what to do. Do. It was it was very questionable, but I ended up showing to give you a very good example that I think kind of sums it up is I ended up showing it to a young couple from New York who had always vacationed here. Family belonged to the Dunes Club, and they wanted to buy a second home here, and their budget was in the 250 range, which at the time you could find a little cute place. Um, I ended up selling them a four hundred and sixty thousand dollar three bedroom colonial in Wakefield's that they moved into, had a child in, and worked because they no longer worked in New York City. Hmm. So that is a big difference between buying a second home that are in the 250 range to buying an almost half a million dollar home that they could work in. Um, So that was a big change that happened. That was definitely an aha moment in the real estate business. Um, And the other aspect from a COVID perspective was we have two main things here in the South County that I've always believed were economy proof, that it would never have an issue. One is the university, two is the ocean. Well, COVID made me pause on that because we had students that had to leave, so they left the rentals, and we had to cancel many of our weekly summer rentals Mm -hmm. because of COVID. So it was the first time that I got really scared in the real estate business because I'd told people forever, this is always a good place to invest. You're guaranteed you can always rent it, use it, etc. cetera. Um, but we quickly found out that once things got back to some semblance of normalcy, they flocked here in droves. Mm-hmm. The university is growing leaps and bounds and the summer rental market is extended. I mean, we get people that want to come now, and you know, as beautiful as it is, October, things of that nature. So it made it pause for a little while, but then it re-emphasized it. And if you have a nice area that offers everything, which to me, South County, Rhode Island does, you're close to the cities, you're close to Newport, you're close to the water, um, it's rural, it is high demand. And we have seen that because mm-hmm. our supply and demand has been depleted. And that's one reason why the market, at least in this area, has been so incredibly hot. Hey there. Sorry to interrupt the episode, but I just want to take this chance to tell you to share the podcast on your social media platforms. Link it on your Instagram story. Follow Knowledge is Power underscore Rhode Island on Instagram and leave a review on Apple Podcast if you're listening on that platform. So thanks for listening, guys, and enjoy the rest of the episode. Over the past two years. Yeah, and on top of that, money is so cheap. True. 
you know, yep. interest rates are lower than they've been in a very, very, very long time, if not the lowest at some points. So when people are coming in, they are now paying a half a million dollars for a property at a two and a half percent or 3% interest rate, so your money is cheaper, where if the market shifts and the interest rates go up higher, that $500,000 house with a 7% interest rate might not be as affordable mm-hmm. to that person. So right now, with the money being cheap, it's it's helping a lot of buyers still be able to afford properties even though the prices are higher. Does that make Absolute, sense? Absolutely. Yeah, well, I'm actually interested. So like, when you had rental properties and people had to cancel like mid-year, mm-hmm. right? Was there a built-in clause for that? Like, because yep. you signed a lease, right? Like you, Correct. So how did that work? Well, what we tried to do was follow the industry standards. Um, so there are a lot of big giants out there, and there are also a lot of local companies that do a lot of rental properties. So we tried to follow that. Um, and for the most part, we would work with our owners on giving full refunds back because it just, they can't travel here. They can't travel here. And mm-hmm. in many cases, our owners didn't want them to travel here. Um, again, there was a lot of unknowns then, so people didn't want strangers in their house. So people that I managed property for just totally did not rent their homes in, in the beginning. And then as we kind of worked through it, it became a hotbed. But in the beginning, that's what was so scary about it, was the unknown. But we did not, for the student rentals, that was a little different. It's not tied into the university, so you have a lease with someone if you're renting, say, Jen's property. You might be going to URI, but the lease does not reflect that. Mm-hmm. And again, that's part of the realtors being educators and telling people the difference. So as people look for refunds, but what I do, and part of why I think I'm a good realtor, is you communicate, you work the problem, and you try to come up with the best solution. Uh, and one of the things that we try to do in, in the Keller Williams culture is what we will call win-win. Um, while I may have a fiduciary responsibility to a seller or an owner, at the end of the day, my goal is to make everybody happy. Um, and we certainly went through a lot of that, but we did end up giving a lot back. Um, but we were fortunate enough, it did work out that people did come back and they did rent, um, with, with few exceptions. But we did give them, their, we did refund their money in the beginning. Yeah. Well, and, and I, another thing that has to do with rental. So obviously, they gave rental forgiveness. Right, and a lot of property owners, you know, that, that happened to a lot of people. How did you see people try to react to that in terms of a revenue standpoint? Because, like, people just weren't paying. Well, the government was also providing um, other sources to help out, like oh, PPP okay. funds yep. and, and other sources to to help modify for these times, which a lot of people did yep. um, did take advantage of to help them during that. Okay. Yet what, what I think Ken is getting to is that after that, time, after that period of time where – you know, that kind of air got sucked out of the industry, it got poured back even heavier now. So the recovery yes. rate yeah. in a normal market wouldn't have recovered this quickly. But because the way that COVID, the response to the COVID or how people are reacting or dealing or living through mm-hmm. this has has changed that. And it recovered so much faster than ever before. Okay. Would you agree on that? Abs- yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. And in my experience, that the government stuff didn't come as much into play with some of the year-round rentals as I thought it would. Most people were able. It certainly affected certain industries, but for the most part, people were able to maintain and stay uh, in their rentals. I did not have to deal with a lot of uh, foreclosure-type things or eviction-type things. Um, 
with my clients. So I feel we were very there, lucky, um, at, at least my clients and my tenants, um, we were very lucky for the most part. But I know a lot of other people were not so lucky. Yeah, well, that, well interesting. So um, I guess we'll just get back on a more uplifting uh, <laughs> topic. So uh, Kelly Williams' question. Obviously, there's a lot of real estate companies around in, in this area. So what made you guys go towards Kelly Williams over other companies? Sure. I'll, I'll start sure. with that and Absolutely. then uh, pass it over to Ken. So I was approached in 2012 by Keller Williams. I had been in the industry now at this time for 12 years. And um, I was approached and asked to be the team leader of, a, of an office in Newport, Rhode Island. It was actually in Middletown, but that's the location. Uh, and when they presented the, um, the models, the systems, the tools, their value proposition, their beliefs, and you know what Ken talks about as being win-win, everything lined up to where, where I wanted to go or already was. And it was something that I didn't know about Keller Williams before that until it was presented to me. And um, it answered and checked off so many boxes for me. And then I didn't know until I got here what kind of opportunities and how big I could actually think until I was here. So getting here was one thing, and now here it has been a whole different experience, which I can talk about another time. Yeah. And when it comes to Jen, the answer is it's limitless. And Jen is the perfect example of that because where she started and where she is now and growing the company and her brand and everything is unbelievable. She now runs the biggest real estate company in the state of Rhode Island, and that's no small feat. And that is something that Keller Williams allows you to do, promotes you to do. Uh, it allows you to be that entrepreneur and grow and grow. And if you think the ceiling is here, um, the, they teach you that it is double that and how to get there. Uh, it's an amazing company because it, as I tell many people, they give you the answers to the tests. Mm -hmm. You just have to decide you're going to dive in and, and, and put the time and effort in. Yep. It's very entrepreneurial unlike many other different brokerage. I tell people all the time, it if you're a good realtor, it does not really matter where you lay your license. If you're good, you are good. But if you're, in my case, where I wasn't satisfied with just what I could do, I wanted to partner with somebody that, uh, a company that could, could help me. Uh, and become my partner. So they don't tell me exactly what to do. I have to follow the industry standards, um, but they're there to help and guide and grow. And there's not a better company in the world that will help you if you have that entrepreneurial mindset. From an education standpoint, if you're a beginner or if you're a, a, a veteran agent like myself, that was very important to me. And they, again, they helped me grow. And there seriously is and you're, you're, you're interviewing your cousin who is the epitome of, of success. Stop. And, you're and just inf you're inflating which, her ego. No, I don't. Stop. Yeah. But the, the facts are the facts, and it allows you to grow and, and helps you uh, with that. And that, that, that's why I partnered with them. Yeah. And I looked at all of the different models, um, but there was no and, – and we both would, would speak reverently of Gary Keller, who if you read his stuff and listen to him – uh, between him, maybe Warren Buffett, there is no better expert and that we have him at our disposal in his uh, podcast, in his books, um, when you are lucky enough to be able to see him live, um, or Jen who gets to talk with him on a regular basis, it is... Um, Did you say Warren Buffett? 
Warren Buffett just as a real estate. Oh, mover. okay. Okay. I thought you said that they like knew each other. No. no okay. No. I was like, all right. No, <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that's some great information. Um, so I guess we'll get into I think is a pretty cool question. So what is the most expensive house you've ever sold? I feel- well, I'm about to do it. I yeah. Hope. I just listed a 1.5 million dollar house down in. Um, South Kingstown, and wow. I plan on getting that sold in the next month or two, and that that will end up being yeah. probably my, my most. Uh, the the median price has always been in that two fifty to three fifty range. It has changed mm. a lot, yeah. Uh, and the luxury market has certainly hit the the coastline and the states, mm-hmm. so prices are going up. Um, but I I personally, for the most part, in my areas dealing with my rentals and sales. My sweet spot is more in that you know three hundred to eight hundred thousand dollar range, um, but it's nice when you do get a few of of, of the bigger ones. Yeah, and, and everything. So yeah. So I'll answer that question in about a month. Okay, <laughs> that, I'm I'm fortunately I'm not in the market for that house, but um, yet. Yet. <laughs> uh, what what I'll say is the last house that I sold that was the highest price point was one point five, and that was in two thousand and nine. Okay. Nice. Uh, to the Blutuses. They were absolutely phenomenal. Uh, they live in, in North Kingstown. You know where, oh my goodness, I can't even think of the name of the, anyway. And then uh, our Tracy Hall, one of our associates here at Keller Williams, just sold the HGTV house in Portsmouth, and that was about 2.5. That's a beautiful house. And I assisted one of our other agents with another property that was just under $4 million. So our Newport market is, you know, we do have we do have some really great multi-million dollar properties, and they're spreading so far throughout the entire mm. state right now because yes. of values. Yeah, that's so. crazy. That's crazy. Well, I did see, like, there were a couple in, like, Newport or whatever for like seventeen million. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's plenty that are yeah. that are, are out there. That's insane. Um, so I think this is the most interesting question. So obviously anybody that thinks they know anything about houses just goes on Zillow or like all these websites, right? And, you know, people like me just be like, Oh, what's his estimate on that house, you know? So uh obviously these companies have taken large strides in the real estate industry within the past 10 years and they've even been able to list houses on the market so how do you plan to compete with these companies as in like because if i explain the process right i watched a youtube video on it basically they just buy the house and sell it but they have a higher they take a higher percentage than a normal realtor does but then they say that it's without the hassle whatever that means I don't think there is a hassle with real estate because if there was, then nobody would buy a house through a real estate agent, you know? So I don't know how you guys compete with them or what, uh, yeah. Yeah, so this is something that Gary Keller is mm. it's heavily focused on, and I'm sure you know this too. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the reasons why he's so competitive in being number one and staying number one for a real estate company is because of companies like Zillow. Zillow just got into the brokerage market, as you just said, where they could now list and sell, and mm-hmm. they even have some... Um, brick and mortar locations in some parts of the United States. Uh, what they're trying to do is they're trying to reverse the job of the real estate agent and, and us be more of the um, transactional piece where we just open the door rather than the fiduciary. They want they want to bring the buyer for you know a lower cost, quote unquote lower cost for the buyer, and we just open the door for a very low flat fee of sometimes $25. So they're trying to discount our our value as real estate brokers mm-hmm. um, by by launching these companies and it started with his estimates to be honest yeah uh, you know when they came out you remember this in 2008 ish mm-hmm. there they, that's when they came out with his estimates before that they were just a 
what was it rental how did well, yeah they... you you could list you could put your properties on there for marketing purposes right right and then the zestima came and they said we will never get into the real estate market well fast forward almost 20 years later and and they are in it and the way that gary keller is really working on protecting the industry and protecting our commissions mm -hmm. is by providing extreme value through through market centers like ours, like um, offices like ours, and providing yeah. extreme value. So that way, we could then give that back to our clients and say, "Listen, you know, I I realize that you could go somewhere for a lot cheaper, yet, you know, here's why Keller Williams is going to provide you the most value and net you the most money still." Yeah. So Gary Keller is com is completely on board to fight that fight right now. There's also the information battle out there. Yeah. What I like that uh, Gary Keller is aware of is that, have you ever gone online and looked up <laughs> doing a podcast and the next thing you know, something comes in your email or on your Facebook or something about that, you know, Big Brother is watching. Mm -hmm. um, he, he tries to hold all the information so we have it. When you put your information out there, it gets sold. And yeah. I, I like that aspect of it, that the technology war that is out there is um, is, is being fought by Gary Keller and Keller, yeah. Keller Williams. Um, but I will always go back to you still need to communicate and have a boots-on-the-ground person that you're dealing with That's in right. a transaction. Yeah. It's just marketing and Internet and um, places like that, they, they have a place. They're an asset, but there are just so many variables that go into buying and selling um, that you just can't get from a computer or a computer program or algorithm. Yeah. The Zestimates, it's an algorithm that comes up with it, but it doesn't take in everything that local knowledge does. So if it's next to a dump, the algorithm's not going to know that house is next to a dump. If it's next to maybe a beautiful park mm -hmm. that is a nice asset to walk, it doesn't know that. Mm -hmm. And having that information is great and it's valuable, but we're o always overcoming something. You know, sometimes it could be what the town assesses your property for. And while they try to do market value, time goes by, things change, and that's where good real estate agents come into play. So we can use those as tools. And we understand what a Zestimate might say, but then you have to then show why it is different, whether it is high or low. And that's where a good realtor comes into play and will always come into play. It's yeah. having somebody there to walk you through it, to help you get the right inspector, to guide you through what's important and is what, what is not. There are just so many facets that go along the way that tools are great. And that is just a tool, mm -hmm. but you still need that good real estate agent to help you on the listing or the buying side, in my opinion. Yeah, well said. And you know, one thing I'd say is Google how much the CEO of Zillow sold his property for against his estimate and look at the accuracy. <laughs> just Google that. Google will, it. It's yeah. a fun little thing for you to do. Go yeah. Google that and see how accurate your estimate really is. Okay. Yeah. Because that's really interesting because it's like not only do you get the you know, working with an actual person, and it's almost safer, right? Because you're not giving your information to some giant well, company. Lots of things. Yeah. And, yeah. Security e is exactly. One of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, I want to get on to like an education question. Sure. So that a lot of real estate agents, you know, have their licenses, and not every single one of them goes to college. Um, and that's the main question I have. Just, do you think that college is an, an important role in your industry? I think education is an yeah. important role in the industry, and uh, it, it 
whatever form that you get it in, as long as you educate yourself and continue to educate yourself Mm -hmm. for the rest of your days, that's what's important. Um, And I'm not discounting a college degree in any way, shape, or form. I think it's very important. Um, Yeah, I think education as a whole is important. Okay. Yeah, college education is very broad. Even when you get your real estate license, like as you said, you took the class what you learn in that class is nothing compared to the day-to-day experiences of the real estate world. It's a foundation. So for me, I went to the University of Rhode Island for business is what I went for. It wasn't for me. Uh, and I ended up switching to communication. I wasn't planning on getting into the real estate business. Um, but that communication helped me because being able to communicate is part of being a good salesperson. Mm-hmm. Um, so education is very important, but going to college to be a realtor isn't necessarily as important. It certainly can help, but education in any way. Um, and if you ever look at, say, the Keller Williams calendar for us, there is an education class on it every single day of every month of every year minus holidays so it is very important it is a constantly changing industry and it's very important to stay on top of it you know whether to learn the new mortgage things mm-hmm. um, or to learn whatever whatever is out there you need to learn it and and better yourself as a realtor you cannot become a dinosaur and be successful in this business yeah i did i did notice that the you know the most difficult part of the class for me was like the law part because it's so many different things, and obviously you can learn the law now, and then it's going to change tomorrow, right? Because it's is it does it change that much? Some aspects yeah. of the law does change, yeah. uh, and having a general knowledge is very important as realtors. But we are not lawyers, mm-hmm. but we work closely with very good ones. And yeah. when something comes up that is requires that, we're smart enough to say speak with an attorney that has specific knowledge of. That. But yeah, that's another thing that Denise said is never give like advice when it comes to legal the advice. Legal no, advice. No, that's not our lane. <laughs> She's like, that's not our lane. <laughs> and it's like it's it's like emphasized on every like practice quiz and everything, and it's you know that's and one that's thing advice. that I remember <laughs> from the class. Um, so I want to move on to a marketing uh, question. So obviously, you know, marketing is is changing constantly. Uh, what do you guys think is the most effective marketing strategy uh, for you? Well, there's two aspects of that. You are marketing yourself and branding yourself, of which social media is now absolutely huge. Um, But then there's also marketing the property uh, and making sure you do a good job of that. It's always my goal when I list a property to get the most people in to look at the property and getting it out there. Um, We are all members of the multiple listing service, so when you work with other realtors, I also think it's very important. I try to have good relationships with any and all realtors because they are the number one source of selling a property. Um, so the, the two aspects, but obviously very, very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree on that. And I would say the marketing one that, that the real estate professional will use and do consistently. Whatever they could do consistently, whether it be billboards which i don't recommend because it's very expensive the consistency gets you the exposure the engagement recognition if you do social media and you do it consistently that's going to work for you because the more consistent you are the more exposure engagement and recognition you get same thing so i think any aspect of it as long as you're consistent with the marketing piece you you choose for your business whether it be real estate or anything Mm -hmm. uh, that's what will work yeah well 
I wonder, I'm interested to get your take on TikTok because obviously we know Jeremy Von Flater has a TikTok and he posts on it and it's absolutely hilarious. Can you to say his name on this podcast? Uh, yes, he paid me a large sum of money to pay say his name, unfortunately. I'm sorry, I, you know, now saying that, I realize that I probably shouldn't have, but... Um. <laughs> He'll be okay with it. Yes, well, he will be. I don't know about Matt, but... <laughs> uh, I, I think they hung out the other night. I think they're good. I think they're good. Um, so do you guys think that video marketing is more important than just posting a picture on social media or do you think that they sort of give an equal sort of marketing yeah so i mean i'm going to touch on this really quickly and then i'll pass it over to you i mean in the market for real estate right now you don't have to do much to get it sold Mm -hmm. so if you're selling the property itself there's not a lot other than getting really great pictures taken so that way people could see really what the property is mm-hmm. and looks like and how they could experience that lifestyle of the property. It's not just about the property, it's about the area and, and their lifestyle. But I, what I would say, on the other hand, if you're looking to market yourself and your brand, absolutely, I think that, again, whatever aspect you'll use, I've never opened TikTok once. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Jeremy. Um, I have seen your videos. Great job. Uh, yet, um, that's not the avenue that Right now, I'm going down. Right now, we're going down as a we're the number one real estate brokerage in Rhode Island with the most amount of agents that are very successful. How do we how do we tell that story and the stories of our agents here so that way the community trusts our agents to go and say, "Hey, Ken, ready to list my house?" Yeah. So it's whatever whatever marketing aspect you'll use. Yeah, absolutely. You find whatever your niche is, and if that is TikTok and that yes. helps you. Great. Right. And that is probably more your generation right. yeah, than yeah. it is of mine. Yeah. But we always change with the times and if that's the way it goes, you know, whether it's you know Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram, whatever it is, certainly helps promote yourself and or any properties. And mm-hmm. we'll follow whatever avenue that's helps right. in, in that department. Good Very cool. So I guess the last question is, so I always end my podcast with this question is, if you could give one piece of advice to the listeners today, what would that be? It could be anything, not only real estate, just life advice, whatever. So I don't know who wants to go first, but. I'll go first and then I'll let Jen wrap it up. Okay. <laughs> but when it, when it comes to real estate, in, in, in all seriousness, you do want to make sure that you partner with a very good realtor that can help you with everything you need. It, that's very important. When you list a property, usually any fees that come out of it come from your proceeds. And when you are a buyer, for the most part, you don't have to pay anything. So it's very important to get a good realtor that's going to to help you. I think that's the number one thing when it it comes to real estate. Mm -hmm. Um, And just make sure there is good communication. Communication at the end of the day always, always helps. You can work through whatever problems come about whether it's a good solution, a bad solution, if you have good communication. And I find that things, for the most part, happen the way they should. It's our job just to make sure that we help our clients through the process. Great. Great answer, Ken. So um, I'll wrap it up by saying um, my piece of advice is to surround yourself with with people who who you really want to grow with and who are, are like-minded like yourself. So if we're talking about real estate and if you have an interest in real estate, surround yourself with the people who are doing a knockout job with it and, and really learn from them. Always be learning based like we talked about already and uh, 
ask what books people are reading to and what podcasts like this one they're listening to to continue to lift their lid of learning and and leadership so um, my my advice is if real estate is your thing come talk to us at keller williams we want to we want to tell you a little bit more about how we could make you successful in this world great well this has been an awesome episode i really appreciate appreciate you guys taking out the time to do this um i know you're very busy so um uh, yes thank you (laughs) well alrighty. so uh thanks for listening everybody and i'll catch you in the next one